Welcome to RUF, everybody. Um, it'll be an interesting night tonight, not just because we've had folks backing up to it, but uh, yeah, my, my voice, I think my voice is coming back. It was actually worse uh, yesterday, but my guess is it'll get a little bit worse as the night goes on as well. So, um, so we're going to see, see what we can do with it. Um, <coughs> uh, Welcome to RUF, though. If it's your first time here, we're especially uh, glad that you're with us. We want to get to know you. Hope you'll hang around with us uh, for a little while. Um, RUF is here to reach out to the campus, to reach out to college students in Tallahassee, uh, whatever uh, your beliefs or your backgrounds or your questions or confusions, whether you're here tonight because you're excited about the things of the Word, excited about the Gospel, or because you're frustrated by it. Uh, we want, we're glad you're here. We want you to be here. Uh, we want to tell you about what we believe. Uh, from the scriptures, we want you to hear what God says in his word and how he proclaims grace and love to us in Jesus. And we, we serve a God who has himself come for us uh, and died that we might have salvation in Christ. Um, so uh, our topic this semester is Jesus with people, conversations in the gospel. You often hear my voice squeak at times, and, uh, and I might get out my pretty pink water bottle to drink some. Um, uh, Jesus with people conversations in the gospel. We're in Mark chapter 9 uh, this week, looking at verses 14 to 29. If you have those blue announcement sheets on the back side, you'll find the passage uh, written out for you, a couple uh, points uh, for the sermon. Um, we see Jesus dealing with all types of, of different people as he speaks with them of God's grace and mercy uh, and calls them to himself from wherever they are. We find him uh, doing that for us as well. Uh, this week in Mark 9, we see Jesus uh, with the weak believer, if you will. Hear God's word from Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into fire, and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him, and never enter him again. 
and after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why can we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on our time. Oh Lord God, we come to you tonight because you are powerful. Uh, You are able uh, to work in us uh, what we need. And we pray uh, that you would. We pray that you would meet us uh, where we are with all of our uh, with all of our struggles, with the things that we've been through even today, uh, with the questions that we have that continually pop up in our mind, with the doubts and frustrations that we have, or even our excitement. Lord, to meet us where we are, even with my voice uh, uh, struggling, uh, and our weakness, Lord, would you show uh, your power and your grace. Uh, Lord, we pray that tonight as we look in your word, uh, that you would open our eyes by your spirit to see Jesus uh, for us, Jesus having given himself, uh, that we might have life in him. Uh, Lord, we pray that your spirit will show your power, uh, teaching us, encouraging us, uh, drawing faith in us, uh, that your gospel uh, might go out, that you might be glorified. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Is Christianity enough? Is it enough to be able to deal uh, with the issues of today that we face uh, in our life? Is it enough to deal with all of life's problems? Is it enough to deal uh, with your struggles, the frustration, to provide real answers to your questions that aren't simply trite or, uh, or, or positivisms? Many people, in answering that question, would say no. No, Christianity is not enough. It's, it's powerless to deal with the harsh uh, realities of life as, as we experience it. Um, you can find people that tell you story after story about how they have been in the church and this is their experience and this is what they've been through and they found themselves rejected. They found themselves, they found that, that the things of the Word didn't, didn't encourage them. They didn't find peace or joy uh, in it. They tried it, they found it wanting. It's no comfort. Um, maybe they even found themselves condemned or judged by Christians that they were around, and they would say, no, uh, we've tried Christianity. Uh, it's not enough. It's not dealing with them. There's many other people who would say, yes, Christianity is enough for us. It's provided all the answers to us for what we need. Christianity, uh, people would say, well, it's given me peace. It's given me joy. It's given me confidence in my life. Uh, and it's encouraging to find those that would say yes. And at the same time, we know uh, some of those that say no used to have said yes, and some of those who say yes, Christianity is enough, uh, later be torn, uh, will turn away from a different lifestyles, or they come, maybe it's just that they haven't come to difficult enough things in their life yet uh, to shake uh, their, their weak faith. Uh, Christianity enough, many, many of the people who are just struggling, who are struggling with that question, whether from outside the faith or inside of it, struggling to say, is it enough? Will it be enough for me? Will I believe in Jesus? Will I continue to believe in Jesus with the things that are around me, with, with what's going on in my life, with what might happen in the future? Where will it lead me? Uh, where does Christianity of the Bible, where will the gospel uh, uh, lead me? There are many uh, who are weak. Many of us here tonight would say, uh, we are weak. Um, and looking, uh, looking to Jesus uh, for help. Let's say in this passage, be encouraged because Jesus uh, speaks with those who are weak. 
Uh, Jesus speaks with the weak uh, believer. Um, here we see uh, the weak believer. It's not the person who's strong in their faith. It's not that this, uh, this man is so strong in his faith and, and comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I know that all of this will work out here. You know, the, the, it's not like this ensuring that says, if you just say the word, you don't even have to go there. I know that it will happen. Here we see a man whose faith is, faith is weak. He's saying, if it's even possible for you to do anything, maybe, just maybe. Uh, and he experiences God's grace, God's power, uh, God's saving rescue here for the weak so to look from this passage as Jesus focuses our attention really on faith, uh, really on him, I look at two sides of it. First of all, why we struggle to believe, and secondly, how we're, we're able to believe. You see, why we struggle uh, to believe, what you hear it echoed in this uh, statement from the man there with Jesus as he says, if you, if you can do anything. Right? If you can, there's a struggle behind that question. He wants, he wants as much as he can to, to, to think that, that this will be changed, that this situation will be different. But still, all the questions are there, all the doubts are there. It's a struggle, if you can. Because life is, life is difficult, the longer you live it, the more you find that out. And there are many things that make it difficult for us to believe in the gospel. Um, and we should admit that. We should realize that. Most of us struggle in our faith. Some of us are struggling desperately uh, in our faith of what it, what it means, how, what it really would, uh, would take for us to continue to believe in the gospel. Or there's a, there's a comment that I hear from, I've heard from several different individuals at times uh, over the years in talking with folks, or, and even heard just in more public settings. Maybe you have friends that have said this. Uh, for me, I've heard this more from people outside the faith, maybe who've, who've left the faith, but who say, listen, I respect people who are Christians. I have, I have deep respect for people who are Christians and would say that the, that the truths of Christianity have impacted them and changed them and given them peace and joy and confidence and all these great things. I respect people who are Christians, but I just can't believe all of that. And as much as I look at it, I can't make myself uh, be- believe that that's really what will be true for me, that that's really what, what God would think about me, or that there is this God who's, who's done these things for us. I just don't have enough faith. That's great for those people to do, but I can't make myself believe that. Um, I don't have enough faith for that. I, I wish maybe that I could. I can't make myself. We, we struggle to believe. Uh, maybe sometimes we drop off from even struggling with that. But, but there's things that cause us to really question and wrestle through things. And uh, we can talk about it in terms of experiences and expectations uh, uh, here. But there's experiences that, that cause us to struggle uh, with the gospel. When I read uh, the story, and I, you know, more than just, just blandly going through it, but thinking through what was the life of this man like? Um, his son, who knows how old, um, but old enough that he speaks of it being from childhood. Uh, this has been his experience. Here's this, here's this father whose son uh, having seizures, um, falling down, a, a, a demonic spirit that, that possessed him. And I know we don't, we've kind of moved back from talking about demonic things. God is real. Um, his angels are real, and we want to say, well, God, God is real, and there really is Satan. There really are demons, and Scripture, uh, scripture tells us uh, that truth here. Uh, but here's his, his son, whom he would love, who is apparently possessed by a demon that is throwing him into fits again. You know, and it describes like this, that uh, um, 
He's, he's not able to speak, and he, he, he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and become rigid. Um, I, I can't think what a father's anguish would be like to see that in his child whom he's loved. Um, and when Jesus says, how long has this been going on? Since childhood. And he says, it's not like every once in a while this happens. He says, often. Often the Spirit seizes him, throws him down in this way, uh, trying to destroy him, throwing him into water, throwing him into fire. Um, I mean, if that was my situation, if that was your situation, that causes us to have a lot of questions. That causes us to cry out to God with a lot of frustration. God, why is this happening? How can this be changed? What's going on here? <clears throat> Painful. Um, some of you have experiences that make it difficult uh, for you to believe in God. Some of you will go through things in the future in your life. They'll make it very difficult for you to continue uh, in trusting in Christianity or trusting, hopefully more so, in Christ. Make it difficult for you to believe in God. There's things that have happened to you, how others have, have treated you. Maybe it's friendships or relationships. Uh, maybe it's other Christians judging you or your experience in the church or, or whatever things may have been that cause you to struggle with them. Experiences uh, that make it make it difficult, make us question how the gospel. And those experiences lead us right into what our expectations are for who God is and for what He's able to do. Um, expectations that make it difficult as we struggle to believe. I mean, I'm impressed as I read this passage of this man, however old his son is, who from childhood has been having his problems. Here he is. He's still struggling. He's bringing his son to Jesus. He's bringing him that perhaps uh, he might be healed. But now it's just, it's, even his expectations, whatever hope there might have been in that, what has he met with? Disappointment. Disappointment. When he's wanted to see God act. How many times has this man prayed uh, for his son uh, to be healed? Um, and here he's taken them uh, to the disciples and uh, you know, Jesus asked, what's, you know, what's all this commotion about here with the crowd? Um, you know, this man comes and he, he speaks, to, uh, speaks to him. And you hear in verse 19, and, uh, uh, in verse, at the end of verse 18, as he says, uh, So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. Um, you know, just to imagine what the expression on that man's face was like. But he said, they were not able. Here's what I've hoped for. Here's what I'm looking for. But now my expectations have crashed. They weren't able to do anything. Uh, many of you have been disappointed with your experiences, even your Christian experiences, um, other people that you've been around, other situations uh, that you've been in. And a weakness here still, we see him uh, coming to Jesus. We hear Jesus saying, bring the child to me. The father says, um, if, you, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That's all that he can muster. Um, we should be honest, there's times we will be struggling through uh, what faith looks like and what the situations and the realities that God puts, puts in front of us. We will struggle through that. There may be times where all the most that you can muster is, God, if you are able to do anything, can you have compassion? 
Can you help? Can you do anything in this situation? What we see is that his, uh, his experiences and his expectations change dramatically when he meets with Jesus. Everything uh, changes. And as we uh, see this conversation go on, we, we, we're told how we're able uh, to believe. Not just why we struggle. We should recognize that's part of the struggle. Uh, that, that is life. But we're also told how we are able to believe through those things. We see him crying out, I believe, help my unbelief. Right? In this conversation, uh, Jesus meets the man in his weakness, uh, but he also builds in him uh, more, more faith. Uh, he builds in him that faith by focusing on him on himself. He focuses him on Jesus. And Jesus changes those expectations and changes those experiences. Experiences. Um, I find it... I find it difficult uh, in a lot of ways today to talk about faith and, and us be able to communicate anything and actually know what we're, what we're talking about. I mean, the focus of this passage in many ways is, is on faith, is focused on faith in Christ. It's extremely central to the gospel. It's kind of a central topic in Scripture is, is faith. Um, but I think faith is one of those things that we're most mixed up and confused about in today's culture when we talk about uh, faith. In some senses, in our world, like faith is a, to- is, a, is a value that everyone agrees about. We should all have faith. We should all have more faith. I don't care what you have faith in. Like, Oprah can talk about faith, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we should be more inspired, more positive, have more faith. And you're like, we don't agree about anything. What are, what are, we, ta- what are we even talking about anymore? Right? Faith has become the, uh, the best description I can get for the way that we typically talk about faith. Faith is the power to believe. It's the ability to believe in something. To believe in something maybe really, really strongly and even despite all kind of things that might oppose it. That's what faith is. We want people to be able to hold their faith, to be strong in their faith, to really, to, to really believe. Um, that's, that's not the faith that, that Scripture uh, is talking about. Um, that's essentially, that's, that's believing in our believing. That's faith, that's, that's a faith in faith. And you're like, well, it's just, it's just this act, this power, this, this ability to believe. And maybe some people can really believe things and other people just struggle too much. Um, you know, I would describe that kind of faith more, that's closed-mindedness. Right? You get me? That's, that's closed-mindedness. That's, that's being out of touch with the reality. I'm just going to really have a faith that everything's going to work out. Well, I don't want to say anything because you're really trying to have faith, but I mean, I can, I can see stuff that's going on that maybe you should, you should look at, right? But I'm like, no, no, you just put that faith. But being out of touch with the reality, just have, I'm just going to have this power to believe no matter what else is going on because, because it's important that I believe that, that my ability to kind of pour myself into it is what's going to make this situation come out, right? It's like this power of positive thinking, you know, kind of thing. We just, we just hope well enough, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> The one of you like wants to, you're like, you know what, you're, gonna, you're afterwards you're gonna come up and you're like, I'm gonna walk on to uh, the FSU football team. Like I love the Knowles, I've always loved the Knowles. Yeah, I watch the game and I just want to be out there and I can picture myself. I've never played football before. Not that big, not that fast, 
not that strong, but, but like, I'm going to walk on, I'm going to change this thing. I don't, I, if I believe it, I can make this thing happen, you know? And you're like, um, okay, all right, like, I don't want to say anything, it ain't going to happen. But if we just have enough, that's the way that we start to think about faith, to act about faith. That's closed-mindedness. I'm saying I'm going to lock myself out of reality and just believe no matter what. Um, that's not what the Bible is talking about when it talks about faith. Um, that's absolutely contrary to what Scripture is talking about, what Jesus is talking about when he's, when he's talking about faith. Um, that, that idea is the faith as a, this power or ability to believe. Uh, biblical faith is an inability. It's an inability to be able to do anything yourself and having to look to someone else to, uh, for it to happen. It's an inability to be able uh, to rescue yourself and having to lean on God to save you, to rely on Him to rescue you. It's not just like, I believe it enough and so I think it's going to happen. It's trusting in something outside of yourself, relying on something outside of yourself. Uh, that is that is the central uh, central aspect of what what faith is. And Jesus in this passage is, is calling them to faith. He's calling this weak believer to faith. He's calling his disciples to faith. He's calling the crowd that is there uh, to faith that is outside themselves and that looks to him. So Jesus calls that weak believer uh, to different expectations. I mean, it's kind of kind of surprising when. The guy says, you know, if you're able to do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can. Like, he quotes it back to him, this, this if you can. You know, and you, you, you're thinking, but certainly, you know, it doesn't, wouldn't we expect Jesus to be more compassionate to the guy's struggle of what he's been through? That of course he's going to say, if you can do anything. But Jesus is, Jesus is being compassionate on him to draw his attention to who he is speaking to. It's a different reality when he is speaking to Jesus that there's no if to that question. Now, there's no hypothetical. I just called him to look beyond those past uh, expectations. He says to him, all things are possible, um, all things are possible for the one who believes. He's giving him a new set of expectations for how to, how to look at things. All things are possible for the one who believes. Right? How do you like that? That's the, this is when we go through the other definition of faith, and you're going like, oh, really? All things are possible for the one who I'm going like, to grow some wings and fly to Canada. I'm going to fly to Brazil. I'm always going to go to Brazil. I, I really believe, and I'm, all things are possible for me. I can just grow these wings and fly down to Brazil. Right? You're like, oh, what's going on here? Um, like that's the way we tend to react to it. We think, oh, it's some kind of thing about our ability to believe. It's not about our ability to believe. What is he calling to? All, all things are possible for the one who, who believes, who's trusting in God, who is outside of himself. All things are possible for the one who is believing in Jesus. God's power is infinite. There are no limits to what God is able to do. On another passage, Jesus just says, yes, with, with man it's, it's impossible, but not with God. All things are possible for God. And so now as he's believing in God, there's a whole new set of expectations for what can happen here. It's all according to God's power, God's infinite power. He's relying on God. So your, your situations, the same thing, all things are possible for the one who believes in God, not that you're going to fly down to Brazil. Um, it changes what you expect that can happen in your world um, and in your life. 
Things that you'd say, it's just never going to change. It's the way I've been. It's the way I've always been. It's a struggle. I've tried. I've fought against it. I've fought against it. It's always there. What's, what's the point? And all things are power. Or the people that you've given up on, that have let you down all your life long. Um, but all things are possible with God. A situation that you've been in, a health situation, a broken relationship, a past uh, mistake, uh, friends, uh, family situations, all these things. We have a new set of expectations as we come approaching it in faith, not in our ability, but in faith in what God's able to do in this. We approach it saying, what is God able to do here? And this man responds out to Jesus with a beautiful picture for us of what faith is. Um, he says, I believe, help my unbelief, right? Help even my unbelief. He has, he has no confidence in himself, no confidence even in his ability or power to be able to believe. Um, his whole self is open about his weakness, and his whole self is relying on God. So instead of having faith in his faith, uh, he has a faith. He, he is expressing his need for faith in God to even be able to have faith. That's the opposite of the way that we think about faith. He's, he's saying, I have to trust in God even for my ability to trust in God. I don't have it in myself, the Lord, for who you are. I look to you. Help me even to trust you. That is what faith is for us. It's faith and it's weakness. Um, not that we come to God in our great strength of how we can work things out, but looking to Him and who He is. Jesus calls this weak believer and us to have a different set of expectations. Approaching God in our weakness, even asking Him for help that we would be able to trust Him for anything. And Jesus brings out vastly different experiences. Um, see, as the passage goes on here, he, the crowd comes around and He uh, rebukes the Spirit. Um, he rebukes the spirit, the deaf and mute spirit. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And then, and then uh, crying out, it convulsed him ter- uh, terribly. It came out. And it said the boy was like a corpse. And all the people that stood around said, he's dead. Like, this is it. We hoped for one thing, but now, now he's dead. And then Jesus takes him by the hand and lifts him up. Uh, to a very new experience, a very new life, uh, restoring him to his father. And you know, in ways, I look at this passage, and I and I wish we got to hear hear more on that angle. You know, I want to turn the camera around a different direction and, and say, you know, what was it like for this for this boy from that point forward? Is he is he is he finally able to speak now? Is he able to able to hear? Was it a long process of what he's able to do uh, from here on out? Uh, but never again will, will that be his experience. Uh, Jesus says, yeah, I, want, I, want to, I want to see, just like a, you know, extreme makeover things, you know, it's like extreme life makeover Jesus edition. I, I want to see the close-up of the Father's face, you know, I want to see him crying as now he's restored to his son. I want to see when he takes his son, son home to their family and his mother and his brothers and sisters are coming around and seeing what God has done and the victory that Jesus has brought in their life and a whole new experience of Jesus bringing from death to life here. Uh, Jesus brings out different experiences. Uh, Jesus' power brings out different experiences in our life and where we are apart from Him. Jesus brings, Jesus brings from death to life. 
Uh, he brings us from uh, death and our sin uh, to life in Him. Uh, he, brings, uh, he brings us from, uh, to a point of being able to, to deal with the situations uh, that we're in, to deal with our addictions, to deal with our idolatries, to deal um, and, and see change and progress and all those things. Uh, because we have come, because we're now powerful, but because we are looking to Christ's power and resting in what He is doing in us. Um, yeah, I think sometimes we, people, I'm talking to people who get focused around that question, you know, am I a Christian? Or, or look at, say, am I a Christian? And it's, it can be a great question to ask at times, but really the, the passage directs us more like this. The question is, can Jesus save me? Can Jesus save me and will I trust him in that? I don't have to know whether I was a Christian and a Christian. Will can Jesus save me? What is his power for me? What has he done? Will I look to him in that? I ask him to help my unbelief uh, to be belief that I would trust in him. See, Jesus bringing out those, those different experiences. And then as, we, as much as we want to see kind of the Father's face and all the outworkings of it, uh, the passage turns a different direction. All of a sudden, they're in the house with the disciples, uh, about whom maybe then, maybe the whole of the crowd, he was saying earlier, oh, faithless generation, and they're saying... Uh, why can we not cast it out? Why do we have no power to be able to, to deal with this, Lord? In the past, they've been able to. They've been able to throw out our spirits in Jesus' name in the past. Uh, Jesus said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything uh, but prayer. Um, and again, it's a focus on faith. And I know whether disciples were trusting in themselves or trusting in God as they're trying to uh, throw out the semen. Uh, but the faith is, uh, the prayer is us expressing our faith, expressing our dependence and reliance upon God. Um, prayer feels like doing nothing. It is. It's, it's, it's doing nothing. You're just praying to God about things. Uh, you're relying on Him for those things. And maybe the best you know, diagnosis question to say, where are you at in this, is the one that, that he's bringing up to the disciples here. Are you praying? How are you praying about these things? It's not about your power to be able to cast it out, uh, but God's power uh, that you're resting in uh, through prayer. It's kind of Jesus says, cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. So, is Christianity enough? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you've had different experiences. Uh, is, is my faith enough? No. No. It is, is Jesus enough? That's what the pastor's calling us. That's where Jesus is calling us to focus our attention. Is Jesus enough? Because the answer to that is a resounding uh, yes for us. That Jesus is enough. That his power uh, is infinite. Um, to be able to just put this passage in the context we see the, the gospel more fully here. Otherwise, this just ends up being a lesson about faith and how you believe or what you believe and, and how you struggle in it. But, but what, we're looked at, what we're called to is to look at Jesus and to see how he deals with us. Uh, and in this passage, it's remarkable. It falls right after uh, what they call it, the transfiguration, where, where Jesus has gone up on the mountain uh, with Peter, James, and John, and, and Jesus was transfigured before them. And they get a taste of Jesus' the glory that Jesus has now since his resurrection, being with the Father. It says that, uh, uh, that it was intensely white, and all his clothes became uh, radiant 
as no one on earth could bleach him. He appears there with Elijah and Moses and, and, uh, and Peter, James, and John don't know what to do. They're, they're seeing the glory of who Jesus really is. And their faith, like, still not there, right? They, they don't get it. Um, Peter's like, ah, we could build a, a tent, you know, like three tabernacles, one for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. It's great, you know. Um, until there's a voice from the sky saying, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. This isn't another Elijah or another Moses. This is my beloved son. This is Christ for us. This is the one who is glorious, who is God himself, come down in the flesh for us so we may have hope. As disciples still like really confused. And it's, and it's coming down from that experience where, where Jesus has, uh, has shown with the disciples and had a taste of, of the greatness of Christ's glory even after his resurrection. They come down into that to the experience of the pain of this, uh, of this boy uh, who is the death and all that's going on there and the frustration of the crowd around it by Jesus saying, a faithless generation. Ah, you don't see who I am. For these disciples here, you don't see who I am. And that's the context beforehand. And then afterwards, what does he say to them? He begins to be telling them now um, that uh, the Son of Man, in verse 31, is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. They didn't understand these things and they're afraid to ask him. He begins telling them about the gospel of where his life is going to, going to death and going to a resurrection. Um, and then they're like debating about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. They're like, you know, their, their faith is really about like what kind of power, uh, what kind of power they can get, what kind of position and authority they can have. And it's missing who Jesus is for them. Uh, but here as we focus on the, on the glory of the gospel of what Jesus has shown them and what he is saying to them that he will go uh, on and do, that we see how Jesus is enough for them and for us, not just that he was able to uh, cast out the Spirit and restore all uh, this boy's uh, life, but here's Jesus who will go on to death and to resurrection, that he will be killed, that he will be suffered, that he will hang on the cross and be rejected by God and call, oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he would hang there because his sacrifice alone is enough for our sin. It's enough to take the punishment of what you've done. It's enough to take the punishment of my mistakes, to atone for my guilt before God, to atone for our failures, to atone for our unfaithfulness, and bring us back and restore us into a relationship with God. Jesus' death was enough for that. Jesus' death that ended in his life, raised up from the, from the grave, showing that he is alive, showing that he is righteous, showing that his death was enough for us. Uh, showing that Christ has approved him, that we have life with him. But the one we hope in is the one who has gone from death to life and is able to bring us from death to life, to change all experiences, to change all expectations of what we think is possible or what God can or will do. Uh, he has shown it to us in who he is. My faith isn't enough. All my understanding of what Christianity is or, or perspectives on it isn't enough. But Jesus is enough because who he is and what he has done are for us. And he comes to us who are weak, confused, and struggling in our faith, and calls out to us, has new expectations of trust in him, that all things are possible for him who believes, because Christ has come for those who are weak, to rescue us in our weakness, so that we who are weak 
I might be made strong. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord our God, we thank you for grace, uh, that you do not treat us as we deserve, uh, but you give us, you show us your amazing love uh, that we in no way deserve. And the guilt and the punishment that we deserve, you've placed on Jesus. Lord, we struggle to believe that you can love us. We struggle to believe that you don't have, have it out for us still because of the things we've done. And when we've sinned and sinned knowingly and sinned in ways that we know it was wrong, Lord, we're afraid to come back to you. We're afraid to repent uh, because we struggle to believe that Jesus is enough for us. Um, Lord, we pray that you would come to us in the depth of all of our struggles. Uh, the pains that we've been through, and Lord, we pray that you will meet, meet us in the future for where, uh, what you might bring us through. And Lord, uh, would you help us to express uh, the faith of, of the man in this passage that would say, I believe, but I don't even know how to do that. Uh, Lord, help me believe. And Lord, would you give us a sight and a taste of Christ, uh, that we might trust in your power, for you alone are sufficient. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.